This is Marcus da Costa, pastor of House of Israel UK, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I also want you to know that the message you're about to hear will inspire, challenge, and provoke you unto the kingdom of God's citizenry. So listen carefully, take good notes, and I hope you'll be richly blessed by this message. The ultimate purpose of the journey of transformation, which is the process by which those who Yeshua called and chose to follow, witness and hear and replicate him, is to socialize his disciples into the kingdom of Jehovah, which according to the scriptures is everlasting. It's therefore necessary that the elect deny themselves, forsake all and follow him, as many of those things which feed their flesh and yoke them to this world are temporary. You'll notice how much of what we learn much of what life focuses on, how we've been conditioned and trained to live and view, perceive as normal, those things are temporary. You may have heard the phrase that you can't take it with you. But though there is this phrase, you can't take it with you, the overwhelming majority of your life is in preparation for you to claim those things which you can't take with you. The kingdom of Jehovah and this discipleship process Its primary goal is instead of causing you to focus on those things which are temporary, to set your affections on the things which are permanent, everlasting, eternal. The things that are necessary in the temporary, you will give or you will receive. Those things will be added unto you. But if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the temporary things will be added unto you. But what you will do is you will set yourself. You will provide for yourself. A passport into kingdom citizenry. Now, one of the things which caused people to have their eyes open with regards to what I'm saying here is when the people of Jerusalem. The towns and the region nearby 
either saw or heard for themselves how Lazarus was risen from the dead. Now Yeshua had been doing miraculous works throughout Israel and beyond. There was people being raised from the dead. There was people, the, 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 the lepers being healed. People with the palsy standing up. The blind, the deaf, the mute, the demon possessed. But remember, there wasn't many mighty works that could be done in Jerusalem. Or he didn't do mighty works there. And we have to come to the conclusion because of the unbelief. But then there was Lazarus. Then there was Mary and Martha who lived just outside of Jerusalem. But there was ultimately a ministry in their home. Their home was a place where the word could go forth. Their, their home was a place where him and his disciples could be ministered unto. And so there was a manifestation of glory with regards to the resurrection of Lazarus and the people who was weeping and mourning with Mary and Martha witnessed it with their eyes and then they spread out the good news. Turn to John 12 verse 12. On the next day much people that were come to the feast when they had heard that Yeshua was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried Hosanna blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord the feast the feast that's being referred to here is the feast that took place in the home of Lazarus Mary and Martha there were people who came because they heard Yeshua was, was in town at the feast. And there were those who came who heard that Lazarus is risen and I want to come and behold Lazarus with my own eyes. After beholding Lazarus with their own eyes, along with Yeshua's disciples, when they are Hearing Yeshua is coming to Jerusalem. They take branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him crying Hosanna. Hosanna save us. Save. Deliver us. Blessed is the king who cometh in the name of the Lord. If Yeshua can raise Lazarus from the dead. If he can give the sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf. The lame walk, the dumb speak. He has to be the saviour. 
He can save us. So this is spreading around and they come to meet him and they acknowledge him as the king of Israel. And Yeshua, when he had found a young ass sat thereon. As it is written. Now, John. John doesn't give you the fact that he sent some of his disciples to find the ass. We had to go into Luke. But Yeshua sent his disciples to find the ass's cult so he can sit on the ass's cult and enter into Jerusalem. And when they see him enter into Jerusalem, the people who see him are crying, Hosanna, blessed be the king of Israel. But notice John gives you the reason why. They're saying, blessed is the king of Israel. And they're saying it not because it's written. They're saying it because of what they saw and heard. It carries on. Fear not, as it is written in verse 14. Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. And an ass's colt is ultimately uh, a young ass, basically. Let's carry on. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Yeshua was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him. And that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him, when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause, the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle. What John is describing in John 12 is the ingredients that resulted in the people when Yeshua came to Jerusalem declaring him to be king of Israel. Blessed be the king of Israel. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Jehovah. It wasn't because they had an understanding of what was written. It was because there were people in the crowd, A, who saw for themselves Lazarus raised from the dead. But then B, there were also those in the crowd who had heard other people say that Lazarus had been raised from the dead. Some of them came to the feast at Lazarus, Mary and Martha's house to see Yeshua. But there were many who came to the feast to see Lazarus himself. 
Now it's necessary that we appreciate this reality as John is describing it. Because he tells us they didn't even know at the time scripture was being fulfilled. They had no understanding that the prophets, that the Psalms were being fulfilled and they were a part of the fulfillment of prophecy. They had no understanding. All they knew is that this series of events culminated in a crowd of people who acknowledge this has to be the king of Israel. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Jehovah while he is sitting on the ass's coal. I'm saying all of that to say, brothers and sisters, is because there are times in your life where there are things going on which you won't understand presently but the reality of it will strike you in hindsight. If we put all of these steps in place, the first thing we have to consider is there was an ass that had a cult. The cult is the the offspring of the ass. And no one sat upon that colt. It could obviously bear the weight of a man. But for some reason. No one sat on it. The ass and the colt were earmarked for Yeshua's entry to Jerusalem. To be recognized as king as a result of the prophets. Furthermore, Lazarus's sickness, Lazarus's death, Lazarus's resurrection were all part of this process by which the people of Jerusalem would have a physical representation of the king and the kingdom of Jehovah manifesting in their midst. The feast, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, the disciples and many other coming to the feast to behold Yeshua, to behold Lazarus and in those people telling other people of what they seen and what they experienced with their own eyes. Are all of the ingredients, brothers and sisters, for the passage of scripture to be fulfilled? Some of those series of events are not pleasant. Lazarus didn't know. He was part of the process to bring glory to the Father's name. Mary and Martha, who sent witness to Yeshua that he has to come because Lazarus is sick, didn't know. 
He was part of the process to bring glory to Yeshua's name. And this is why we have to consider the Most High to be a master orchestrator of situations and circumstances to ultimately bring glory to his own name. And the way he brings glory to his own name is through people recognizing that though I was in the midst of a situation that appeared to be chaotic, that appeared to be a challenging time, his will was done. How do we know his will was done? Let's look at the word. Lazarus is someone Yeshua loved, but he died. But his death was part of the process to fulfill the word. And in fulfilling the word, the father is being glorified. The son is being glorified. But there are things, brothers and sisters, which the word spoke about Yeshua and Father orchestrated this series of events to bring about the fulfillment of the word pertaining to Yeshua. But then there are things which he has said and was recorded in the word which pertains to us. And we have to have the same kind of faith where we can see this is what it says in Psalms. This is what it says in Zechariah. But look at how the father orchestrated everything to bring about the accomplishment of the scripture. Which we read about in John, Matthew, Mark and Luke. But he also has some things that he's declared about us. Psalm 37. Psalm 37. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine. They shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish. And the enemies of Jehovah shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke. Shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again. But the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth. And they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young. 
and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So what you can see here is that Yeshua, the righteous man, his steps were ordered by the Most High. He knew when to stay, he knew when to go. He knew when to sit still, to be still. He knew when to rise and accomplish the mission that Father had given him. And in the midst of all of the stuff that's going on with the people of Jerusalem, the Jews, He knew it was time to make my way up. He knew to stop off at Lazarus's house. He knew to call for the ass. And as a consequence, scripture is fulfilled. For you and I, we may not know as clearly with regards to what we're supposed to do in order to fulfill scripture. However, what we do know is that if we adhere to scripture, scripture will be fulfilled in our own life. What we have to do as the Most High is ordering our steps, leading us and guiding us to where we ought to be and where we are to go. When we're confronted with situations and circumstances, that's when we can tap into the divine resource of the word by the leading of the spirit and allow him to show us where we're to go next, what we're to do next. And it's when we do such things, these things, that we find that the word which is written about us will come to pass. During the times of famine, during the times of drought, there will be bread in our house. During the time and the season of pestilence, sickness and disease, it will not come nigh unto you. You will be the one. People ask, can I have some spare of your resource from instead of you being the one begging for bread, begging for the oil? Begging for the, the stuff that you need to get by. This is the generation of them that seek him. Whose ears are attuned unto his voice. And this is what we can take from witnessing Yeshua. Ascending up to Jerusalem. And all of this around him taking place.
None of the people knew what was going on with regards to the fulfillment of scripture. And all we have to do, brothers and sisters, is allow our steps to be ordered by the Most High. To commit our ways unto him. Just as Lazarus's death and resurrection brought glory to Yeshua and the Father's name, so too will that of Yeshua, whose steps were foretold to be led into the hands of his adversaries. However, Yeshua would rise again to glory, but the wicked would perish. Their weapons formed against Yeshua didn't prosper, just like they won't prosper against you. So what will cause us to not allow the Most High to order our steps? Fear. Lazarus raised from the dead. The people who hear about it start to believe. The people who see it start to believe. Scripture is being fulfilled because Yeshua has conditioned himself to overcome the fear of death, persecution and affliction. And we're going to see in a moment shortly, this is something he had to overcome. We have our own Jerusalem as we have to head up into. We have our own Jerusalem's. We have our own people who are the mockers, the scoffers, the murmurers, the stone throwers. And on occasion, brothers and sisters, you have to go in the midst of them. Now, going in the midst of them while operating under the counsel and guidance of the Most High will cause the manifestation of glory because he is purposed in in your life on occasion to manifest the glory in the midst of them. And though they may have been scoffers, mockers and unbelievers, once they see the manifestation of glory that come through you, then they can become believers because the kingdom has been drawn nigh unto them and they can see this kingdom is superior to the kingdom I'm currently a part of. This kingdom is temporary. The kingdom of Jehovah is everlasting. Now, there's no indication that Lazarus raised from the dead and lives, lived forevermore. While at the same time, if Yeshua can raise up Lazarus from the dead one time, he can certainly raise him up another. That's why they're saying, blessed be the king. Because of Lazarus. Because the king has an everlasting kingdom. 
The king will sit on the throne forever. So if this king can raise up the dead. If this individual can raise up the dead. And we're not talking about someone who just had a nap. We're talking about someone who is dead dead. Stinking dead. If he can raise up the dead. Then this must be the king. Who will live forevermore. And this must be the king. Who will live forevermore. By whom those in the dust of the earth will raise. That was their, that was their, uh, their, their understanding. So ma they made the transition. We're part of the household of Israel. We're part of the nation of Israel. The Jews. But the king of kings has come. And so... Though we're Jews, though we're Israelites, the king of Israel has come. So I'm going to put that stuff, that stuff behind me, the religious establishment behind me. I'm going to put all of that stuff behind me because the king is here. And we have to do this. We have to do that for ourselves. The king has come. If the king has come. And you're witness to the king coming. Blessed be the king. He is here. And if he is here. We have to put all this other stuff behind. And declare him. Let people know the king has come. John 12 verse 19. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the, the world is gone after him. This is an important passage of scripture. To just spend some time considering. The Pharisees are ultimately saying nothing we are doing is working. We're not succeeding in anything. The whole world is going after him. We are obtaining zero success. It's important for us to consider that because when you're walking in the plan and purpose that father has put upon your life. There isn't a weapon that can form against you that will prosper. And if we consider everything which I've said before, they just say this. The only reason why there is an appearance of prosperity of the adversary or the enemy in operation in your life is because the Most High is allowing it to take place for some reason or another. Why would the enemy, why would the Father allow sickness to be upon Lazarus that leads to his death? So he can be glorified. 
so he can be glorified. Why would he allow the Pharisees to get hold of Yeshua, the chief priests and the Sadducees to get hold of Yeshua, to deliver Yeshua to Pilate, to Herod, to Pilate, the Romans, to be crucified and killed? So he can be glorified. So Yeshua can be glorified. And as a consequence of the obedience of Yeshua to go into the midst of Jerusalem. Once again, you have scripture being fulfilled. The people who don't have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that can perceive. They're just they're gnashing their teeth and acting out ultimately father's will without them even knowing it. So for us as individuals, there's nothing the enemy can do. There's no amount of people he can inspire, the adversary can inspire to come against you, which will prosper. All we have to do, brothers and sisters, is allow our steps to be ordered. Is to walk in faith. Every time when it wasn't Yeshua's time to enter into this glorification process, he seemingly evaporated in the, in, 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 the, in the presence of his enemies. They couldn't catch hold of him. He just disappeared in the midst of them. When it was time, he fulfilled scripture and rose again the third day. The same Most High who can orchestrate all of these, these hundreds and thousands of people to be present, to witness Yeshua, to, to, to cry aloud to fulfill scripture, can orchestrate people in your life to do certain things, to bring to pass the fulfillment of scripture in your life. John 12 verse 17. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. Now this word Greek, Greeks, Helen, 1672. Grecian, inhabitant of Hellas. By extension, a Greek-speaking person, especially a non-Jew, Gentile, Greek. There were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. So what does that do to some of the theology that's out there? Some of the theology out that's out there, brothers and sisters, is contrary to what is written. See, what came 
after Yeshua, after the apostles, was this idea that the God of the Old Testament is distinct from the God of the New. And the God of the New is embodied in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is different from the God of the Old Testament. And people have a view of God, especially the Old Testament, that he has no love and no compassion for the world outside of Israel. When it appears to me that Messiah himself he evangelized the good news to those who were Israelite in the land of Israel and beyond because it seems as though father prepared their heart to receive it and in this case just like what we see in Acts chapter 2, it appears that as Messiah is going up to the feast, he's entering into Jerusalem and there are all of these people recognizing Yeshua for who he is. There are Grecians, there are Greeks, there are Gentiles who is among them and they want to have a conversation with him. In John chapter 7 verse 35, it says, Ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. Then said the Jews among them, themselves, Whither he go, that we shall find him not, shall not find him. Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles, same word, and teach the Gentiles. Now I've heard this on a number of occasions be twisted. And so I, I, I desire for us to untwist this to be able to recognize that yes, there was Israel who had been dispersed among the nations. And when Yeshua is teaching his disciples about where I go, you can't come. They think, is he going to go and teach the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? It's important for you to see that distinction go among those who are dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles from is he just is he going to go and teach those dispersed among the Gentiles. 
without appreciating that distinction, your perception will be that they believed Yeshua would only teach the Jews from another land, in another land. That's not what it says in John 7. And when we consider John chapter 12, it appears to me there were people of the nation who were coming up to worship. They were coming up to worship Greeks, Gentiles. They were coming up to worship at the feast, Greeks, Gentiles, and these same people who were among them heard about Yeshua and wanted to have a conversation with him. So now, once more, scripture is being fulfilled. Didn't Yeshua say that the gospel of the kingdom, it must be preached unto all nations? For a witness, for a testimony against them, and then the end should come? Didn't Yeshua tell his disciples to preach in Jerusalem, to preach in Judea, to preach in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world? Yeshua preached in Jerusalem. He preached in Judea. He preached in Samaria. And he preached to people from the surrounding regions. And then he commanded his disciples to go and do the same. To fulfill scripture. Isaiah 56 verse 1. Isaiah 56 verse 1. Thus saith Jehovah, keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that have joined himself to Jehovah speak, saying, Jehovah hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith Jehovah unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me to take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in my house and within my walls a place and name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves unto the Lord to serve him and to love the name of Jehovah to be his servant. Everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and take of hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. 
their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For my house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. The Lord God, which gathereth the outcasts of Israel, saith, yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered to him. What Yeshua was doing, ministering the gospel, walking up and down Israel, preaching, teaching, manifesting the glory of the Most High, was going international. This, brothers and sisters, is before social media, it's before the mobile. It's before the telephone, the telephone box. It's before telegram. Walking in your plan and purpose can have an impact way beyond yourself. People from other nations coming up to the feasts and we see a list of those nations. In Acts chapter 2. And in the midst of them are Greek people. Grecians, Hellenists. Wanting to, to speak with Yeshua. Because of what they'd seen other people do. Because of what they heard about him. Now they want to speak with Yeshua. And the implication of them communicating with Yeshua. Is that when they return home. To wherever they came from, they're going to be a witness of what took place when they went up. So how dare these people try and teach a race prejudice based gospel? Where there's some kind of carnal supremacy laced into the gospel of the kingdom. That's not what we see in the New Testament. That's not what we see in the Old Testament. There are those people who truly believe the colour of your skin. Your blood can disqualify you from the kingdom of the Most High. As if the Father hasn't already declared, he will give the sons of strangers who... Appreciate value and adhere to his commandments a better name than those who are home born. Some of the things which are being are, are, are being taught and are being focused on. 
is carnal. How is it carnal? Because that same flesh, that same blood that you're preaching about and talking about is going to perish. It will return to the dust. Recognize the Bible describes in the prophets, in the revelation, in the epistles, a new heaven, a new earth. So the, 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 the dust on the old earth is going to be wiped away. So how do you get into the new, the new one? Peter described, you have to be righteous now because in this new heaven and new earth, that's where righteousness dwells. So you who are focusing on, on the flesh and on blood, your affection is in this old kingdom, not this old kingdom. It's, it's focusing on the fleshly carnal kingdom which Yeshua don't want his disciples to focus on. Yeshua wants his disciples to focus on the kingdom that is within. We have to go past the flesh and go within. And the kingdom that is within is described in the Torah. It's described in the Psalms. It's described in the prophets. People, people may focus on the dust of the ground and the colour of the dust on the ground without acknowledging, doesn't it say there's no male and female bond or free Jew or Greek? When you focus on this stuff, how do you become the light of the world? The prophets describe Yeshua as being a light unto the Gentiles. That those who, of the nations, those of the nations will come unto him. How is that going to take place? If he's only sent unto Israel. So you have to address your theology. If you're to fulfill the scripture. Because if you're not fulfilling the scripture. If you're not. A, if you disqualify the world. How can you be a light unto it? Because the scripture is talking about when Yeshua spoke to his disciples, he said to his disciples, you're a light of the world. You're, you, you are the salt of the earth. Get in line to the word and then you become a light to the world. You disqualify the world. You can't be a light unto the world. Again in John chapter 12. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came to Philip 
which was of Bethsidia, of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Yeshua. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Yeshua. And Yeshua answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be fulfilled. How does Yeshua know that the hour has come? He knows the hour has come because, because he's in Jerusalem. He's been warning and preparing his disciples about what's going to happen. But now those of the nations are coming to him. The hour's come. The manifestation of glory, the kingdom being brought nigh unto the people, is reaching the Grecians, the Greeks, to the degree, I know that scripture is being fulfilled right now, the hours come. It carries on, verily I say unto you, except... Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth forever. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man follow me, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me. Him will my father honour. Who is he saying this to? He's saying this to, to Philip, to Andrew and the Grecians. And whoever else is listening. What Yeshua is teaching Philip, Andrew, the Grecians and whoever else is listening is the same message he taught to the twelve. And whoever else was listening. The message he's giving them is the message he gave to his disciples. He's letting the disciples know. As well as the Grecians, you need to make a choice. Messiah is going to act out his choice. He will act out his choice. He's telling the Grecians and those listening, you also need to make a choice. Your choice is going to be to preserve your life and lose it or for you to hate this life in this world for you to keep it and find it in the world to come. He's telling that to the Grecians, he's telling that to his disciples because his choice is made. That's why he's in Jerusalem. But what stood out for me 
while speaking to the Grecians and his disciples, he says, now is my soul troubled. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into this hour. See, we can talk about the divinity of Yeshua. But we also have to talk about the fact that when he was on that cross, he shed blood. His flesh was pierced. He gave up the, the ghost. He gave up the spirit. In other places it tells us that Yeshua wept. Yeshua being the son of God was very much a man like you and I. His confession here is, my soul is troubled. But then he continues by saying, ultimately, what else am I supposed to do? What else am I supposed to say? Father, save me from this hour. This is the reason why I came into this hour. For Yeshua, the, the, the example that we're given is the ability to see for him, the glorification process wasn't pleasant. For us, the glorification process isn't pleasant. But this is why we've been brought into this very time and hour that we're in. What else are you supposed to do with your life? Well, you could be like that servant who had the pound, was given the pound and hid the pound. That ain't what supposed to do, you're supposed to do with your life. And ultimately, the pound that you try to save will be taken from you. The very purpose of you being called and chose is for you to conquer. For you to conquer. For you to overcome. For you to take dominion and possession of that which the Father has assigned unto you to possess and claim in the name of Yeshua. That's why you're here. So yes, when you think about how are you supposed to do such and such and such a thing. You have all of these mockers, scoffers, stone throwers, 
persecutors surrounding you, trying to impress upon you their will instead of thy kingdom, father's kingdom come and his will be done. You were made for such a time as this. Everyone keeps reading about the people of the past. How someone fasted and someone prayed and someone walked into the throne room and was really brave and courageous. You're no different from Esther. You're going to be confronted with trials and tribulation that's going to require you to get upon your knees and pray and fast. You're more than a conqueror through Messiah who strengthens you. So when Messiah is encountering this troubling sensation to him, he brings himself back into alignment to the realization that this is why I'm here. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? Father, save me from this time. This is why I'm at this time. And it's the same with it's the same with us. We can look about, we can look at what's on the TV, what's on the radio, what's in our newspaper, all of this kind of stuff, and want to and, and, and look for the kingdom to come. Look for the rapture. Look for the kingdom to come and wait upon it. But you ain't you, you, you've not been put here to be looking out the window, just twiddling your thumbs, waiting on the rapture, waiting on the kingdom to come for Yeshua to return. You've been put here to work. To get on with the job. Of being a witness. If you are a witness at all. That's the purpose of the spirit. The purpose of the spirit is to empower you. To endow you with power. So you can be a witness. What happens when you don't be a witness? Spirit gets quiet. So the glorification process isn't pleasant. However, if one isn't willing to enter into it, then your life's purpose won't be achieved. The kingdom that is seeded within you is an everlasting one. Yeshua himself had to overcome and conquer his own fear in order to be to be crowned king of it. So too must you be willing to confront fear and death which are temporary in order to achieve life everlasting.
Just as Yeshua called for the cult in accordance to the scripture, he would enter into Jerusalem and be killed in accordance to the scripture so that he would bear the iniquity of many in accordance to the scripture, remain in the heart of the earth for three days and nights in accordance to the scripture and be an everlasting priest in accordance to the scripture. Just as those things took place in accordance to the scripture. There are things that the Most High desires and is impressing upon his people to do and his people to become. So that when they overcome and do the work in accordance to the scripture, he can show himself strong through you. And if we consider our high priest, we have to say in certain situations, why else am I here if I'm not, if I'm not supposed to do this? When you get that troubling feeling, when you get that fear, when you get that anxiety, why, why else am I here? What else am I supposed to do? Who else is going to do this? I acknowledge that when we look at life, we may look at the world, the beast, the dragon, the serpent. And we may think to ourselves, man, how, how are we supposed to live a righteous life in this day and time? We'll go through our pages of the book. We'll repass Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We'll replast Daniel and the lion's den. We'll repast Joshua and the walls of Jericho. We'll repass Noah. Go past Abraham. All of these people of faith. And forget the same God that delivered and saved them and preserved them and protected them and strengthened them and fed them can do the same for you to this day. The same one who said in the book of Revelation, I want you to, to search the earth and seal my servants. And yet you're afraid to be a servant. That's the kind of double mindedness that will get you spewed out of the mouth. The lukewarm double mindedness. You're hot. And cold at the same time. And we need to rise above that lukewarmness. John 12, 28, John 12, 28. Father, glorify thy name. 
Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to him. Yeshua answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying his death. So. The resurrection of Lazarus. The raising of the cult. The disciples who were present at the resurrection of Lazarus. Told people about it. Now this crowd is gathering. Taking palm branches and casting their clothes. The Grecians, the Greeks are coming to speak to Yeshua. Being in the midst of them. The voice is heard from the heavens. Some people didn't hear the voice. Or recognized it as a voice. They heard thunder. Others heard the voice saying an angel spoke to him. The people answered him. We have heard. Out of the law that Messiah abideth forever. And how sayest thou the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? Yeshua said unto them. Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk ye. Walk while ye have the light. Lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. While ye have light. Believe in the light. That you may be the children of the light. These things spake Yeshua. And departed. And hid himself from them. Some people. They're going to see the manifestation of glory. They'll hear about it. They may even hear the voice from heaven itself. And there are those who won't believe. They will literally hear the voice from heaven and won't believe. Others will recognize, for example, John is a prophet. John will point to Yeshua as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and will still hang around with John and not follow the one who John pointed out as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There will be those who have been called but won't come. There are those who come who haven't been called. 
people who are in the ministry, in the assembly, in the gathering of the elect, all the while carnal. And their flesh is just seeking opportunity to betray. Messiah's focus wasn't on none of that stuff. His primary goal was, this is the hour that I have come or this is the purpose as to why I have come into the world in the first place. To achieve the Father's will in his life. And as a consequence, the Father is honouring him with the voice. All the while, the Father is in the midst of his environment affirming the word that Yeshua himself is speaking. Though he was troubled, he pressed through the trouble to continue. Though he was challenged and he had adversaries constantly in the midst Murmuring and complaining about what he was doing. He continued. And he continued. Because he knew. If I continue. The one who was currently sat on the throne. The devil. Will be cast out. And that's why. Displace the prince of this world. And establish this new kingdom. A kingdom that's everlasting. Eternal. So that those who die in him. Can live forever. Thank you for fellowshipping with us today. I hope the word was a tremendous blessing unto you. If it was, then visit our website at hoiuk.com. Subscribe to our newsletter to stay connected. Follow our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And why not fellowship with us live in real time each Saturday at 1pm on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope and DLive. I hope to see you again soon. Shalom.